Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. A lot of social matchmaking has been going on. And it's not the kind that leads to love and marriage. It's the opposite. It's the kind that leads to blood and carnage. Abe Cowell who is a manager for many people in the MMA sphere as one of the lead managers of First Round Management. He took to social media to remind the world about the feud that Tyron Woodley and Kobe Covington had since it seems as if the fight between Usman and Covington has deteriorated. See, Wood had some other plans in mind, though, and he borrowed a phrase from his fellow ATT fighter and UFC 244 headliner Jorge Masvidal. He said a rematch with Usman is super necessary. Now, Dustin Poirier, after licking his wounds from UFC 242, had this to say about a potential rematch with Conor McGregor. I think me and Conor running it back makes a lot of sense at this point. To which Connor said, I fed you the canvas in 90 seconds, bro. You should have spoken my name with a bit more respect in that build-up. McGregor's not next. It's always McGregor. McGregor is the goal. Always. Yeah. Say it now and I'll think about it. End quote. Now, that sounds like the McGregor that we've known over the years the beg me for a fight McGregor the one who's full of himself McGregor not the one who seemed to be begging for a fight and trying to clean up his image about a month or so ago the diamond up the ante regarding that fight though and said look we can do this in MMA or in Zufa boxing so just adding a little fuel to the fire there. Now speaking of ATT, there's all kinds of drama going on there. Reminds me of back in the 90s uh, when Snoop said so much drama in the LBC, but yeah, so much drama at ATT. Dustin did not have kind things to say about Covington at the post-fight press conference. Now the Diamond is saying that if and when he sees Covington at ATT, oh, it's on site. Like, it's going down immediately. I can see the self-reclaimed captain of ATT soon finding somewhere else to train because Jorge Masvidal has also invited him to meet him at the gym so they can speak like men. On Dan Levitard's show, Game Bread outed Kobe, saying... That since he stiffed Masvidal's coach post UFC 225, he hasn't had anything to say to him for about a year. Matter of fact, 
when Mr. 305 steps into ATT and chaos is there, Covington makes a beeline for the back door to avoid crossing paths. All right, enough UFC. In one championship news, Sebastian Kotastam will defend his welterweight title in Indonesia on October 25th. The Dawn of Valor card will also serve as the debut of former UFC featherweight, I'm sorry, not featherweight, flyweight and bantamweight, John Hansenstone Lineker. A new kind of European invasion is underway as Bellator is making it their business to become Europe's go-to organization for MMA. Bellator Europe President David Green told MMA Junkie, and I quote, we're going to do six events by the time we finish 2019. I think I want to take that up next year, so I'm hopefully going to add at least two or three more. I'd like to get it to 10. Now, on our prayer list this week, we've got Bellator 226. We were just talking about Bellator. Uh, Bellator 226 combatant Albert Gonzalez, who had a Anderson Silva-like leg break in the post limbs for that card. Andrea KGB Lee, who recently lost at UFC 242, praying for her strength as she's still dealing with the fallout of the domestic abuse she suffered at the hands of her now estranged husband. I know that it's got to be difficult for her in dealing with that. Someone that you love and someone that you love put you in so much pain. Also praying for Mike Perry and the Platinum Princess who just got married recently. Praying that the Lord would help them in their journey together to be dedicated to making it work. Andrew L. Dirty Sanchez uh, tough champion has an eye infection and could not get cleared to fight on the Vancouver card this weekend so praying for him uh, that fight has been rescheduled for Tampa next month but still you're right there at the finish line it's fight week you're wanting to fight need the money from the fight and everything's been pushed back Marion the Belizean bruiser Renault is in the same kind of situation. She is out of her fight at UFC Mexico City, which is next week. And then Thiago Alves, same situation. He's out of his matchup versus Gunnar Nelson at the end of this month with an injury. So praying for all of them because, again, fighters don't make money if they're not fighting. And oftentimes they go in debt preparing for the fight to pay for the camp and really need that money to settle their debts as well as have something to get them through to the next fight. Birthdays this week got Bellator welterweight Logan Storm Storley, who's undefeated in his campaign. Marina, the Iron Lady Morose, former WEC featherweight champ and star trainer at ATT, Mike Brown. The first and arguably the greatest featherweight champion in UFC history, Jose Aldo Jr. Bellator flyweight 
Christina Warhorse Williams, undefeated Bellator welterweight Yaroslav Dynamo Amasov, K1 Pride and Rising Grand Prix champion Miracle Krokop, Dana White Contender Series alum T. Tango Edwards, former UFC welterweight champ Johnny Big Red Hendricks, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu ace and one championship athlete. Gary the Lion Killer Tony, Bellator 229 headliner and featherweight title challenger Juan the Spaniard Archuleta, and last but not least, former Elite XC heavyweight champion Antonio Bigfoot Silva. That does it for headlines and hot takes. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one too. You have a show that I couple with Rob Parker. It's a dynamic show, man. Please tell the people about it and where they can find it. Yeah, uh, it's the I Couple Radio Show, and it is myself and Rob Parker. It's on Fox Sports Radio. It's a national show. Uh, it's on the iHeart Radio app, and it's on Sirius XM Channel 83 from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday, on over 350 channel or media markets nationwide. Uh, and also, you can download the iCouple podcast, which are the uh, greater greatest takes from the show. That is uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or FoxSportsRadio.com. So you can download, subscribe to the podcast. And check that out. So, uh, yeah, man, definitely uh, it's been going well. It's been popping. So, uh, your listeners definitely want to check out the Eye Cup. Awesome. Is there any big news coming up with King? What's up? It's Ayo Kia, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one-two. In boxing news this week, Golden Contract, an innovative boxing tournament that MTK Global and Matchroom Boxing will work together to pull off, has been announced. Now, the boxers will get a draw on the day of the fight to see who they're going to face. According to the press release, and I quote, eight fighters will compete at featherweight, super lightweight, and light heavyweight with the three divisional winners earning a two-year five fight deals with six-figure purses for each fight guaranteed current champions unbeaten prospects and enigmatic challengers have already confirmed their entry in the golden contract which kicks off with the featherweight quarterfinals at london's iconic york hall on october 4th End quote. Hopefully we get it on the zone stateside. It'll be on Sky Sports across the pond. This tournament is taking a page out of the UFC's book, offering a knockout bonus as well. There are a few final details being ironed out in the Canelo Kovalev fight. Kovalev's promoter, Bob Arum of Top Rank, said that a news conference should be scheduled soon. Kovalev's WBO light heavyweight title 
won't be the only thing on the line, though. A crusher loss to Canelo will trigger a clause in Sergey's contract for two more fights on the zone. If he wins, then it's back to ESPN for him. So there's a lot on the line and much more than just his title. Our televised lineup for the week is as follows. On Friday, September 13th, from the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, on the zone stateside and on sky across the pond, you have 22 and 0 with four knockouts. Heather the Heat Hardy versus 36 and 1 with 27 knockouts. Amanda the Real Deal Serrano. This is a 10 round featherweight bout for the interim WBC as well as Hardy's WBO title. Hardy is returning from MMA to face the seven division champ, Serrano. Both of these ladies are from Brooklyn, so expect the New York crowd to be riled up for this fight. The main event pits undefeated 22-0 with 12 knockouts, Devin the Dream Haney versus 11-0 with seven knockouts, Zaur Abdullayev for the WBC Interim Lightweight Championship. Now, when it was announced that this was for the interim title, I really didn't get it because Loma just won the title or I should say he just defended the title last week. Then I found this quote on Twitter from Haney and it made things make a bit more sense. He said, and I quote, some people kept labeling me a prospect when I knew I was so much more. Being able to fight for an interim title means everything. This not only makes me the WBC mandatory for Lomachenko, but I'm able to do interim title defenses until Loma is ready to fight. End quote. So from this perspective, it makes sense. If Loma decides to go down in weight as it was teased by top rank recently, then Haney will become the full champion. And if that were to happen... Maybe PBC will allow Tank to fight him. Maybe, since he just moved up to 135 pounds. Now, on Saturday, there are three boxing cards, all of them via streaming services. From London on ESPN Plus, stateside BT Sports across the pond, you have 12 0 with four knockouts, Sunny Showtime Edwards. Versus 16-2-2 with 8 knockouts. Hugo Hugo Verdugo Garneros. It's a 10-round bout for the vacant IBF International and WBO Intercontinental flyweight belts. From Carson, California on the zone. WBC champ. 5-1 with 2 knockouts. Franchon, the heavy-hitting diva. Cruz Desrun, I nailed that last name, <laughs> versus 12-0-1 with nine knockouts, Alejandra Latigra Jimenez, and the WBC super middleweight title will be on the line that Franchon currently holds. The heavy-hitting diva has a strong amateur pedigree. She's a multi-time Golden Gloves, as well as a Pan Am champ, 
who won the bronze medal at the 2016 Olympics. Jimenez's amateur career eh, wasn't as extensive. She had 10 amateur bouts, but half of them were against men. La Tigra started boxing to lose weight. Now she's fighting for the world title. Also on this card, you have 18-0 with 15 knockouts. King Ryan the Flash Garcia, who takes on 10-1 with three knockouts. Avery A-plus Sparrow, 10 rounds at lightweight. We can't get Canelo on Mexican Independence Day, which is sad. So, we got his protege. And King Ryan has felt good in camp and looks forward to showing just how good things have been. A-plus is a Philly fighter who's managed by Usher. And though he had fewer fights, he feels that he has been in there with the more difficult fighters and that he's on a different level than Garcia is. The fact that A-plus has been campaigning for this fight for a year now makes it a very intriguing matchup. In the main event for this DAZN card, you have 33-0 with 26 knockouts. Jaime Mugia, who takes on 40-3 with 30 knockouts. Patrick Alote for Mungia's WBO Super Welterweight title. Jaime became the champ by knocking out Saddam Ali. He went on to beat Liam Beefy Smith, Brandon Cook, Takashi Inoue, and Dennis Hogan. Eric Morales was recently added to his corner, so expect him to come in well prepared. Morales said that they will use Mungia's aggression to keep Alati defensive. Alati is an African champion and he looks to shake things up in what's being called, or I should say rumored, as Mungia's last fight at Super Welterweight. Alati said, and I quote, I am confident in beating him to prove a point to the world. I remain the underdog, but it's my responsibility to upset the world on fight night. End quote. Now, the next card up is from Las Vegas on ESPN Plus, starting off with the battle of the Jose's as Jose Sniper Pedraza faces Jose Sean Zapata in a 10 round lightweight bout. This is Puerto Rico versus Mexico, kind of, as Zapata has Mexican roots while Pedraza hails from and lives and trains in Puerto Rico. Also on that card, you have 28 and 1 with 24 knockouts. Emmanuel Vaquero Navarrete, who's getting a really quick turnaround, versus 28 and 1 with 14 knockouts. Juan Miguel, the boss, Elorde. The two compete for Navarrete's WBO Junior featherweight title. And in the headliner, 28 and 0 and 1 with 20 knockouts, Tyson the Gypsy King Fury faces 20 and 0 with 30 knock. I'm sorry, 13 knockouts. Otto Valin. There's not much to say about this fight. It really should be a tune-up fight for Fury, preparing him for the Wilder fight in February. 
Walene is from Sweden and he's won a couple regional titles but he's never had a true test really the only test he's had is sparring AJ and getting beaten by him twice in the amateurs let's take a pause of the cause and when I come back we'll preview UFC Vancouver Octagon sets up shop at the Rogers Arena for UFC Vancouver. The curtain jerker is a light heavyweight banger pitting 14 and 5 Latvian Misha Serkinov versus the undefeated 10 and 0 Australian Jimmy the Brute Crute. Though Serkinov has a total of five losses. Three of them have come in his last four fights. He may get some love from the Vancouver crowd since he's trained out of Extreme Couture Toronto at one point in his career. For Crute, every fight is the hardest in his short mixed martial arts career as the Dana White Contender Series alum tries to stay undefeated in his third trip to the Octagon. All three fights have been slotted for the main card of whatever fight card that he participated in, including his TKO of Sam Alvey in his last outing on the Silva Adesanya pay-per-view in February. Crute has stopped 70% of his opponents with four knockouts and three submissions. Serkinov has more finishes than the brute does bouts, with most of his wins coming by submission, look for Misha to employ his ground game. After that, 10-3 and three, Antonio Carlos Shoeface Jr. and 14-9 and nine, Uriah Primetime Hall go toe-to-toe at middleweight. Shoeface won Tough Brazil 3 at heavyweight, and he said he walks around heavier now than he did when he was in Tough. Like many tough competitors, his goal was to get in the UFC and then compete where he was most comfortable. Training with JDS at ATT, Shoeface is comfortable standing with a dynamic striker who will oppose him in this fight. As a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu specialist, he's leaned on that training to finish 80% of his opponents. He'd like to use those skills and give Primetime his first submission loss. Going 2-3 and three in his last five fights, Hall has yet to be consistent in his UFC career. Since making a splash on Tough 17, the best results he's had was a three-fight win streak from December 2013 to May 2015. Uriah's challenges with the mental side of the game are well documented, and his hospitalization after a weight cut last year didn't help his career at all when he's on he is on stopping four out of the five opponents he's had in the octagon when he's won his fights 
including a three-round stoppage, or I should say a round three stoppage, of Bavon Lewis on the year-end card for 2018. With a win, he can start a streak and possibly actualize the potential that he's shown. The Voices Marquee matchup is a welterweight bout between 23 and 9, Michelle Demolidor Pereira, and 13 and 6, Tristan Boondock Connolly. Connolly is making his UFC debut in a fairly high profile spot. This is due to some visa issues for the originally scheduled fighter. A submission specialist, Boondock has won all his fights without the need of judges. The BC native should get the biggest pop on the main card since he's the only Canadian featured on it and he's from that province. He'll need all the support he can get to. Demolidor is a walking highlight machine. He burst on the scene in February on a road FC card in Korea and pulled out every flashy move that he could. I mean, Michelle did a no-hand backflip to land feet first on the head of his opponent, who was grounded at the time. He ended up there from a flying knee attempt that failed. All of this was in the first 40 seconds of the fight. He's then throwing some spinning heel kicks, running up the side of the cage like he's Showtime Pettis, doing backflips off the cage. I mean, the man is wild. He finished him with knees, which earned him a UFC contract, and he used a flying knee in his Big Show debut to get the victory. With a combined 85% finishing rate, the potential for fireworks is sky high for this fight. If you have ESPN+, Plus. This is a fight you don't want to miss. If you don't have it, then you need to find a friend or somebody who does and make an appointment for the Voices Marquee matchup. After that fight, you have a fight that is getting a whole lot of buzz, especially after his interview with MMA Junkie. 9 and 3 Ty Duffy has sold me that this heavyweight fight is gonna be bananas when he faces 10 and 2 Jeff Lights Out Hughes Duffy was on fire talking about how the media needs to do their job and in fairness to Mike Bond who was interviewing him at the time it was the fourth interview of that day for Duffy and he had been getting the same questions over and over again Todd has not fought since a 2015 KO loss to Frank Mir. Between injuries and contract negotiations, he's been inactive for quite some time, and he was just fed up of talking about it. He didn't want to be the bad guy, making the UFC seem like they were nothing because of all the contract issues. And he's finally in a position where he feels good about what he's going to be compensated for for the fight, at least good enough to get back in there and fight and he's on 10 said that fighting is his drug so he wants to get in the cage and do what he loves training as often as he can at aka with the likes of former heavyweight champ Cain Velasquez and former heavyweight champ Daniel Cormier 
the 33-year-old is still young by heavyweight standards. In this razor-thin division, if you string together three victories, you could be in a title fight. Todd said that in the UFC, everyone's a champion. It's the ultimate fighting championship. So he's saying there are champions fighting there. And to an extent, he's right, as most of the fighters in the UFC have held regional titles. Across the cage from him is a titleist from one of the most prestigious regional organizations. Lights Out Hughes is a Dana White Contender Series alum and a former LFA champion. Jeff also has a championship pedigree as far as training is concerned because he fights out of strong style gym with Stipe Miocic. Hughes suffered his second defeat in March, which was his UFC debut on the Derrick Lewis JDS card. Todd hasn't seen live action though in four years, so this could be just what the doctor ordered to get Hughes back on the winning side. In victory or defeat, Duffy has yet to see the judges in his MMA career. Will that trend continue Saturday evening? A light heavyweight bout between 29 and 7, Glover Teixeira, and 26 and 6, Nikita the Minor Krylov, are the combatants who will be in the co-main event for this card. Since returning to the UFC from an undefeated campaign in Fight Night Global, Nikita Krylov is 1-1. One one. His win was huge, though, as he was able to get back a previous loss by submitting OSP on the main card of one of the greatest one-two combinations of main and co-main events in the history of the UFC at their 236 pay-per-view. On that pay-per-view, which saw Dustin Poirier pick up the interim lightweight title and had a fight of the year contender between Israel Adesanya and Kevin Gastelum, Nikita's was the only stoppage on the main card. Kreloff looks to start his first UFC streak since losing to curtain jerker for this card, Misha Serkinov, back in 2016. The miners pretty even in his approach with 10 submissions and 15 knockouts in his 26 victories. When Glover entered the UFC, he was already established, being the primary training partner of the Iceman during Liddell's glory days. Visa issues kept him from fighting in the U.S. for three years but he was able to fight and continue to build on his 15-fight win streak. That streak was extended to 20 once he was able to enter the UFC and was snapped in Baltimore by John Jones in a title fight. Glover looks to win his third fight this year, and the previous two were submission victories. The main event pits 36-12, Donald Cowboy Cerrone against 20-2, Justin the Highlight Gagey, in a lightweight clash oh, for the ages. There's been a lot of talk this week about the BMF title that'll be on the line at UFC 244. Before that, there was another fictional title of the most violent in MMA that was being contested in the UFC. 
last time and the first time <laughs> that uh, that title was up in the air was at UFC 218 when Gagey took on Eddie Alvarez. Justin left that bout with his first career loss. His nickname is a highlight for a reason, though. When he's fighting, it's must-see TV. As he has only had two fights in his career that have gone to a decision. And I saw one of them, which was a split decision to Melvin Gallard back in the days when the now PFL was called the WSOF. And that was a non-stop action fight. His fights that have gone past round one in the UFC have all been fight of the year candidates. Should this one get past five rounds, I suspect it'll be in the running as well. Justin started his career as a wrestler in Arizona. That was his first martial art. And he never had a fight, not a street fight, not anything until his pro debut. Though he has an excellent grappling pedigree, you would have thought that he's been scrapping all his life the way that he approaches bouts. He doesn't use his wrestling at all, though Trevor Whitman would love it if he did. Gagey may have to use that wrestling, though, a little bit for this fight. Cowboy? Yeah, he's the original must-watch combatant. He has never been in a boring fight, at least not one that I've seen. Win or lose, he's giving it his all every time he's in there. The man from the BMF ranch may never get to fight for the BMF title, but he's fighting to maintain his must-see status. Since moving back to lightweight, he's found success going 2-1, with that loss being to Tony Ferguson in June in his last bout. Cerrone's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu could give Justin trouble, but that's if he can get it to the ground. That's why I said the highlight may have to use his wrestling in this fight. Cowboy and Justin have spent about two months together in the past, and they have nothing but respect for each other. A happy cowboy is generally a dangerous one. Majoring in social services, I'm sure Justin's not going to play into that part of the mind game, though. He's been respectful, but he's been determined in his approach. Gagey's last two wins have been round one stoppages. That will probably be his best strategy in this fight, as cowboy is a notoriously slow starter. Uh, those leg kicks that he delivers, if he brings them up a little bit to the body, might be just what the doctor ordered. Now, speaking of notorious, the winner of this fight should be up next to face McGregor. Both of them have had unflattering things to say about the former champ champ when they were asked about this in the lead up to the fight this week. Both Trevor Whitman, who's Justin's coach, and Joe Schilling, whose Cowboys chief corner are confident that they have the winning strategy. But we won't know whose game plan is best until the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. Up next, the official results. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. RAERadio.com brings you the block. Every day from 8 to midnight Central Time. We got the best in urban inspirational music. So every night, go on swing through the block on RAERadio.com. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. This has been episode 108 of the MTMV Main Card. If the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. In regional action this weekend, on Friday, LFA is in Park City, Kansas. On Access TV, Ring of Combat is in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and XFN is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Both of those cars are on Fight Pass. On Saturday, KSW will be in London, and that will be broadcast on the Zone. Make sure that you subscribe to MTV Sports on your favorite podcast platforms. Tell a friend about the show, and if you're loving what we do, please. We'd appreciate a five-star review. Dash Radio is killing the game right now. You can tune in to GH3 Radio on that platform every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern, 9 Central for the MTMV Sports and Music Show, which is on GH3 Radio. If you're not one of the 10 million Dash listeners, Get the app because you're missing out. And again, when you do, Saturday morning, tune in to GH3 Radio on that platform and catch the MTMV Sports and Music Show. Feel free to hit us up on the socials. MTMV Sports is our handle for all social media channels. Also, I want to invite you to join our recently launched Facebook group there you get to interact directly with your favorite host and give us input on what you want to hear sports fans rejoice my team my voice until next time it's your man the voice fights correspondent for mtmv sports and host of the mtmv main card and i'm sounding off